1: Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan sarsini Joining me on this very rainy Wednesday evening is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, this is a very confusing time to be a New York hockey fan. And that's pretty much a preview of what uh, what's in store for everybody on uh, this episode that you said might take 20 hours. I, I, I don't disagree. I think there's, we have a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a good time for some perspective, I guess, more than anything, right? Like, the Islanders did clinch their third playoff spot in three years, which the last time they did that, Oleg Kavasha and Trent Hunter led the team in scoring. Steve Sterling was their head coach. Um, So it's quite an accomplishment when you consider that this was not supposed to, you know, this was maybe supposed to be year one of them being semi-fringe playoff contenders when – um John Tavares left so they it as much as like you know when you watch the worst part of the of my week right now is that when the game is actually on right because <laughs> like they like you said they haven't really been playing well and um aside from when they play the Rangers who have turned into you know when I said perspective what what just happened with the Rangers a couple hours ago right like here's some more perspective like the Islanders are still in a good place like We've been through so many lows uh, that if you were to offer this to somebody in 2011, be like, "Oh, well, you might be wobbling a little bit, but you'll still make the playoffs." You, you would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, there is some cause for concern. But I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I am trying my best to focus on the bigger picture, which is this. This team, you know, that this team is made the playoffs three years in a row for the second time in, in my life. So it's, uh, or, or as my life as a fan, I guess. Uh, but uh, it, and the th- first three, th- the last time they did it, they played a total of, I think 17 games. So like, this is, there's, there's a lot still like the, the big picture is still good, but when you do kind of come down from that into the, the weeds a little bit, uh, you, you get the, the anxiety, you get the Islanders anxiety back.
1: Yeah. Um, I've been all Islanders anxiety for the last month or so. And, uh, to the people that are still, for whatever reason, following me on Twitter, uh, my language, you may have noticed has gotten much, much saltier over the last (laughs) couple of weeks, uh, as the Islanders, uh, bounce from like, you know, great performances to terrible performances, to good periods followed up by bad periods. the two guys required acquired of the trade deadline who haven't really done much. Um, there's been a lot of weirdness going on and, and we have a lot of games to talk about. Cause we haven't talked. Uh, we weren't able to go on, on Sunday. It's my fault. Um, but uh, there have been five games and three of them were shutouts and uh, two of them featured the Islanders clinching, like you said, clinching a playoff berth and essentially uh, ruining the Rangers chance at a playoff berth. Um, those two, Shutouts came in in between a shutout, another shutout at the hands of the Capitals, in which the Islanders didn't play particularly well, uh, and two games in Buffalo in which they lost to a goalie, uh, to a team that's dead in let dead last place, and a goalie that hadn't played in the AHL in over five years. Um, and it's been just, I, it's just insane. Like, I just don't get, What's going on right now? And it's so confusing. And really the only hope that I think a lot of people are clinging to is what you just said, that once the playoffs start and they're going to start sometime next week, uh, they have one more game. Well, they have two games against the Devils this week, uh, Thursday and Saturday, and then one more game, I believe, on Tuesday against the Bruins or is it Monday against the Bruins? It's One of those. Um, Then they're going to start the playoffs against, you know, whoever they they end up playing, either the Capitals, Bruins or Penguins, probably either the Caps or Penguins. And you're just hoping that they just turn on this switch and find whatever level they need to find to win hockey games. Because I gotta tell you, after watching the last month or so, they are not at that level. And the other three teams are. I mean, I know they've had losses too, but like from what I what we saw in Buffalo versus what we saw against the Rangers are like two different teams. I don't I don't get it. Like they they snuffed out the Rangers with a precision that was like A bunch of assassins like they didn't give them an inch. I mean, outside of maybe a handful of breakaways, you know, those were the only dangerous chances the Rangers had. And like, as we're going to talk about in the second half, they may have just imploded the entire franchise because they shut out that team three times in the last couple of weeks and four times this season. Like that's that's the kind of decimation that we're talking about. And then they go to Buffalo and you're like, oh, I mean, come on, these guys stink. They're playing a goalie. They're, they're down to their fifth string goalie. Like this dude, has he's an ECHL goalie. And credit the Sabres. They came out. They played very, very well. And Michael Hauser, everybody's favorite backup to the backup goalie, is now, you know, got two wins under his belt in the NHL. Thank courtesy of the New York Islanders. And two performances that, you know, they were okay for a couple of periods, but they just, you know, started screwing around and that was it. And so it's, it's very confusing. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like, you know, I don't like putting, pinning all my hopes on them flipping a switch come, you know, May, you know, 11th or 12th or whatever it is. I know Barry Trotz thinks they can, but I, I don't know. I have my doubts. I really do. Um, but I'm hoping he's right.
0: Yeah. I, I, I do like, we, we always say we, we give him the benefit of the doubt on this show and um, I, I'm, I'm willing to do it basically forever and, and we'll do it again. But he, one thing that this team has shown is you, you, when when it's time to reset or whatever, they they do well. They come out. They always they under trots, They've had a good start every season, basically like uh, the first fifteen or twenty games. They I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure that they're one of the best teams in the NHL in, in that window. And um, obviously, we saw what happened in the bubble. And I know people will point to the fact that they had like a, a mini training camp before that, but they're going to have. I think the NHL is going to start the playoffs on May fifteenth, so they'll have the better part of a week uh, to get right. And I, you just like you said, like that's that's what you got to hope for. You, there's still ten days before the NHL playoffs, and unfortunately, these these you know the, you want to see them you know beat the Devils and get get right these next two games, and and then show show well against the Bruins in what is going to be kind of like that weird preseason game that they played against the Rangers before the bubble. Like it's, it, I don't, I don't know what's going to be on the line for that game for either team. Um, but you, you just hope that, that they look better, or that at least they start to look like the team that was running rough shot through teams in, uh, I don't know, February and March. But, uh, I I, I just, it's, it's such a, it's such like a, a tough part of the year. I mean, listening, listen. I'm I'm not complaining that the Islanders have clinched. Like last episode, we were freaking out. We were kvetching that, you know, they had they they, if they lost the two games to the Rangers. The Rangers would have been one point back, and uh, you know, we th- th- it would have been a, an epic collapse. But they they took care of business. They did they did clinch, and there we've seen it. Like we've seen bad teams. We've seen bad Islander teams catch you know the Capitals or. The Rangers or the Penguins, whoever it is, like uh, the, the day after they clinch or the day after, you know, the Penguins beat the Flyers 7-3, they come to the Coliseum, maybe the Islanders beat them um, and stuff like we've been in that spot so many times. Uh, so it, it, it's such like a weird, uh, weird couple games to judge them, judge against because like the Sabres, to their credit, have not folded s- since they folded at the wrong time. Yeah. They, they they did the weird thing, which was folding when the games did matter, and and then not folding when uh, when they don't. So, uh, yeah, I mean, would I I would I be feeling a lot better if if they had just you know pumped the Sabers? Um, yeah, but I re- I really wasn't expecting that coming off uh, off those two very emotional wins, where like you said, like the those last two wins against the Rangers are going to be two two games i remember for a long time not just because of the result but because of the the ripple effect that has obviously taken place (laughs) and uh it's like it's almost it's like a weird thing like that that what happened today with with the rangers kind of like washed away a lot of my worries with the islanders and and i know that that has like the so Islanders aren't going to start playing better because James Dolan lost his mind, and you know, <laughs> you know Brock Nelson isn't going to say like, "Oh, I'm going to really get up for for the playoffs now because the Rangers did this." And how funny would it be? But um, it it just does like lend some perspective to what we're what we're complaining about right now uh, compared to what other teams are worried about. Like it's still we're still in in a very competitive window and there's a new building coming we've got the best coach in the league uh it's just it's i i just of course and if they go down three nothing in the first round to the penguins or capitals i'm i'm, I'm gonna be losing it because this is like a, a great chance for them to make some noise and go on a run again but uh it, right now just because we're, st- we're still 10 games out I, I am trying just to stay above above the puck a little bit as best as i can just because because I also like the way that, like I said, the schedule kind of unfolded in a weird way where they're playing two also rands for the yeah. last five games of the season, which really does, it's really is hard to judge games like that. And and I was actually kind of relieved um, that Trotz rotated guys out uh, for, what was yesterday, Tuesday, Tuesday's yeah. game. Um, you know, my, Matt Barzell, I know he had that Iron Man streak, but it's like preseason games when these games don't really matter that much. Like I – all I think about is the 2010 Olympics or whatever it was 2014 Olympics when Tavares got hurt or Mark Streit and Kyle Poso getting hurt in the preseason and <laughs> stuff like that. Like I can't live with that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I don't, I don't mind. Like I'd love to see Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick getting, getting a blow. And uh, you know, even Andy Green, like I'm, I'm hoping that there's m- more of that to be honest um, which also makes it a little bit more difficult to, to judge the team. Uh, Cause Ross Johnson, you know, guy, hopefully, uh, isn't going to be playing game one of the first round. <laughs> so, like you, you just you just hope that they that this is all kind of part of you know a process or a bigger picture strategy from from the Trotz and his and his buddies.
1: Yeah, I was surprised at at a lot of the the consternation over Barzell getting set um, because a Trotz was was pretty emphatic about how this was not like a, like a punishment thing. This was more like a, give this guy a break sort of thing. Like he's, he's talked a lot. He talked extensively about it today. um, And yesterday, I think in the post game too, where he was like, you know, it's been a, people don't understand the mental grind that it's been, you know, that you got a condensed schedule. You've got, you know, COVID tests every single day. You've got, you know, you're seeing the same teams eight times. And like, you know, by time number seven, there's a of you as you are of them, you know? And so he thought that he needed a break. And if you watched Monday's game, Barzell did score a beautiful uh, breakaway goal, but that was about the only good thing he did in that game. He, he had giveaways all over the ice. He just didn't look himself. Um, Pajot sat out that game cause he had a, a little bit of, you know, he was kind of nursing something. And, you know, again, like just why not give the guy a day off? Um, I'm with you. I, I, Trotz had said he wanted to keep the defense together in the second game against Buffalo. Cause they did not look good in game one. Um, And so he wanted to give him a second chance. They frankly didn't look all heck of a lot better in the second game. And uh, I would have given Andy Green a break. I would have, you know, but if it was me, I would have been rotating Thomas Hickey in every once in a while too, you know, more than just whatever the four games that he played, but that's just me. Um, But yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know. Like I, 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 get what you're saying. And I also understand what you mean when you say like the worst part of your, of your week is when you're actually watching the games because you're you do tell yourself, and I have told myself these things, you know, about how you know that just because you know they're they have these sort of uh, ebbs and flows throughout the course of the season doesn't mean that their window is necessarily closed. But boy, it's tough when when you look back at the month that was it, wasn't just the two games against the Sabres that ticked me off, it's the last month of games. And Andrew Gross had a stat in on his Twitter feed yesterday that was like. The only team the Islanders have beaten in regulation since April 4th are the Rangers. That's it. Everybody else, they've either won in overtime or shootout or lost. And it's like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't go a month with four regulation wins. Like there was a time in this season when the Islanders were leading the entire division in regulation wins. And we were like, this is great, because if it gets down to a tiebreaker, they're going to need those regulations wins. Well, they've been passed a long time ago. And you know, the other thing, too, is I've been seeing a lot of people complaining about getting Palmerian and Zajac, and it was a mistake, and I don't think it was a mistake to get these guys. I, I This team was in first place, right? They were tied for first, or like a point out of first, when that trade went down early, and you would be very hard-pressed to find anybody that didn't think that this was the right move for the right guys at the right time. They got it early. Palmieri was coming in. Yes, he had a down season, but he's known to score. And so I don't, and you know, all right, fine. They gave up a first round pick, but like talk to me in five years when that first round pick is playing first line minutes for the devils. Like, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna sweat it, especially this year, you know, but like these guys have struggled to be integrated into this, this team to a degree that nobody was anticipating. Like, I don't know what is going on. Like Zajac has been underwhelming and the, the expectations were, were already pretty low and he's still been pretty underwhelming. But like Palmieri is just invisible so much at the time. And yeah, he's not playing with Barzell and I, I want to see him play with Barzell too just to just to try it, like why not? But he's playing with Pajot, the guy who's like the human reset button, you know? Like he just, somebody's coming off an injury or coming off a slump. They put him with Pajot and normally the magic happens and all of a sudden they become, you know, one of the team's most reliable lines. That does not happen with with. Uh, Paul Mary he's he's like resistant to pajo's skills and charm I don't know what it is but uh I don't get it and you know our friend Carrie Haber said like you know he's hoping that uh you know Paul Mary just becomes a beast in the playoffs and hey maybe that happens maybe he does pulls like a John Drews and goes crazy in the playoffs but like again we're getting short on time here man like something's got to give and you know he gets like one or two chances a game maybe but they just never turn into anything and a lot of times he just ends up skating around and I just I don't. I don't regret the deal. I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think these guys were wrong. Again, Taylor Hall didn't want to come here. He was going to Boston. End of story. That's about the end of it. But oh man, I just—it's so weird. I don't know what is going on, and I don't think they know either. It's just something hasn't hasn't clicked, and it's crazy. I don't. You know. Yeah. Again, think, nobody I, saw this coming. I
0: think Zay Jack was actually um, like his inability to fit in is is much more of our. A fault of of the islanders and and the coaching more than his right? like he he came here because he was supposed to be the fifth fifth center he was supposed to be the guy that if somebody goes down in the playoffs like look he he's not gonna be a game winner but he is uh as far as fifth centers go he's he's not yeah. bad right so like that <laughs> that's that's what I'm hoping he ends up being and and I don't think it was lost on anybody that when uh trots did decide to uh, put him in the press box. The Islanders had two very good games because they, <laughs> they, they were, everybody was where they kind of were supposed to be. Like, I mean, yes, Leo Komarov was still in the first line, but something about that line with him, Eberle and Barzell is just works. And uh, I don't know, it doesn't, it's maybe it's just a whole big joke on us, but it it, it <laughs> has been working. And uh, I, I, I would, like you, I would like to see Kyle Palmieri get a shot up there. I don't know if it's, what it is like a hand in this thing, or I don't know what it is, but, um, in, in the same vein as, uh, you know, rotating guys out when you're playing three games, the last three games of the regular season. And basically you're just jockeying to avoid being the fourth seed and, and having to, uh, play on the road for both of the first two series or not have home ice advantage. Like why not give Palmieri a shot at Barzell? And I, and I, I don't know. I don't know what, what the, the reasoning is i i, I remember trots i don't I feel like he hasn't really been asked much but um one time he did say like Palmieri's on the list of like candidates to play in that spot and so i'm i'm assuming maybe like it's like a little bit of a plain coy and just doing it in the playoffs so maybe other teams don't get tape or something but uh I, the one thing i'll say about Palmieri, and, and no he hasn't scored but i mean he wasn't really scoring with the devils um you know he 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 is getting shots towards the net like which is good because yeah we we all know that outside of you know oliver Wallström and uh maybe jordan Everly, i don't you know that uh, scott mayfield for some reason like the guys are on this team are are pretty reluctant to shoot you got josh bailey who uh will pass up a shot that me or you could score on and (laughs) it's just amazing to watch sometimes and uh so he i mean he, he he like he has a good shot he does get he does get it off um and you just hope that at some point they start going in because they were going in for him for his entire career until this season. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not as worried about Palmieri as I am worried about what they wanted, what the, um, I don't know how to say it. Like the, the worst case scenario with Zajac is, which is that he, he has, he gets minutes in the playoffs outside of his, Role, which is to be the deputy to Casey Sizikas, basically. So, <laughs> like, if that's that's what's most worrying for me in the forwards, and then I like defensively, it's it's the frustrating thing is that the the second pairing just has, you know, you just they have noticeably bad games, and like like goalies almost like Scott Mayfield is, is a player that if he has a bad game, it's very noticeable just mm. from the style he plays. Uh, his kind of lack of skill set, whatever, and and I, I totally understand what he brings to. I maybe I maybe underestimated him for a while, and when people started to get on his case a little bit, and Trotz has kind of been answering and and you do take him for his word, where he's like, you know, it's penalty kill thing. But the Islanders have a great penalty kill this season. Um, they and Scott Mayfield is is a big part of that, and so but the the, the other side is that the game, you know, you play seventy five percent of the game is played at five on five and he's not been the best i would say um especially in his own zone he he's he's yeah he, he's like for when you when you think about scott mayfield as a player you think of him almost like in an andy green sense like oh he's a guy who keeps the game simple because he's not a, a skilled guy you know he, he probably just makes the the easy pass gets the puck out of the zone and you know kicks the can down the road to the next pair but that's not true with him for some reason he likes to make like the extra move in his own zone or that the maybe try a more complicated pass he probably leads the league in bad icings <laughs> and I, like I, I i don't i don't i just he doesn't make sense to me in that regard like he 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 is if he plays to like his style you don't notice him and, and you're like oh well scott that means scott mayfield has a had a good game but if he does if he tries to be you know more of like a you know, Adam Pellick's type where he does play a little bit more risky. Cause he, he can make a move and get, and, and relieve some pressure and create some space that way. Uh, now, like if he plays that style, he often gets himself into trouble. Um, and it's usually in his own zone and that's not good. So that, that's to me, that that's worrying to me. Like I, I, but like I said, like, I don't, you just don't, you don't know what this team's going to look like. Uh, for game one, just because of what we've seen from them in these, in these weird, you know, stop starts, like when they, when they, re, like I said, when they restart a season, they look like they're gelled when they uh, started for the bubble, when they started for the playoffs against the Penguins a couple of years ago, like, they they look great out of the gate. And you just hope that that's what is coming. But and and you've said it right it's confusing just because like you, you it's like that um meme of who was it, like alonzo morning or someone on the, on, oh, the yeah. on the bench where he's like sitting there and like thinking you're like well this you know you get lost both ways so, like because w- when you do watch the games you're like oh, god like this team you, they're not going to be able to win against alex Ovechkin if scott mayfield is on the ice or travis ajak is on the ice and i'm definitely not looking forward to the jokes when everybody re- realizes that leo Komarov is going to be the islanders first line right winger for for game 1 um but uh like like there those things are worried about but then you do take a step back and and think like like there's really not that big a difference between any of these teams in the east and we've been saying that all season so like it's going to be coin flip after coin flip uh for the playoffs and you you know you just hope that the islanders a team that is built to not make mistakes and to give themselves the best chance in, in, in those kind of coin flip contests that they do revert back to that. And like they, they do have a lot of good forward depth and they do have one of the best first pairings in the NHL. So like they can handle Sidney Crosby because Ryan Pollock and Anna Pella can handle him So they're like the, – the there's a lot of like intangible stuff that is giving me hope, but the tangible stuff is very irritating right now.
1: Yeah, I mean – they have had periods even even throughout this last really disappointing month where they're relentless. I mean, they had a couple of relentless first periods against the Sabres in both of these games. I know that again, they're the Sabres, they're they're, you know, not a team you want to compare yourself with, but like they came out and they looked like they wanted to do business. And then slowly as the game went on, they just kept getting worse and worse. And that's really my my big fear. And and a lot of that comes down to you know, Mayfield and Bailey, too, two guys you just mentioned that for some reason at certain points in the game just are incapable of clearing the puck out of their own zone. Bailey had a turnover against the Sabres led directly to Anders Bjork's uh, goal that made it three two. first of two goals by Bjork, by the way uh mayfield had all kinds of adventures in in the zone i I think the tying goal may have been on him i'm not even sure even andy green like he just couldn't clear the puck and the sabers took a one nothing lead and like that that's one game but like we know what these guys do and we know that this happens to them all the time i just uh, i saw a thing on the athletic i wish i can remember what it was called but like it was about you know players who shoot the most and and don't score so it was it was oh that's right it was like uh the NHL stormtroopers the guy who just who just can't shoot straight, you know, and at the bottom, there was a list of guys who take the least amount of shots. And right at the top of the list was Josh Bailey. And I left a comment saying as an Islanders fan, I, we've known this since 2008. The guy just does not take shots. He doesn't. And, you know, now he's adding not clearing the puck out of their own zone to, to that repertoire, too. And like, that's the stuff that drives me crazy. And that's the stuff that, like you said, you know it's tangible stuff that you hope gets cleaned up before the playoffs, because if it doesn't, you know, we're not talking about Anders Bjork and the Sabres. You're talking about turning the puck over to like Jake Getzel, Brian Rust, Nicholas Backstrom, like these types of people who are going to score on you. And, you know, the only two people that really kind of get away from the, the criticism here are the two goalies. And that's the thing that I keep going back to too, is that Farlamov and Sorokin, for the most part, have been great this year. I mean, Sorokin's had a couple of wonky games here and there, but I mean, Varlamov just came off a streak where he had 240 something shutout streak minutes. Like it's the third longest shutout streak since expansion. He set all kinds of team records. Again, he shut the Rangers out twice in the same week and four times this season. Like he's been spectacular. He might not even get a sniff of Vezina trophy voting. Cause a lot of other guys have been spectacular too, but like, that's the thing that gets me. And so if, if one of those guys can just kind of, clamp down and become one of these brick wall types then maybe the islanders have more of a chance but it's also going to take them to not do that kind of stuff that's been plaguing them for so long and just these the the failed clears and the the little turnovers that's why like barzell was driving me crazy on monday like he just kept turning the puck he's trying to make these dipsy doodles of the blue line he's turning the puck over it's like dude we've seen this movie before we know it gotta stop this uh and you know if they don't it's going to be a very, very short trip to the playoffs. And I don't want, nobody wants to see that happen. Like as I said before, this is their window right now. They have to strike right now because next year, who knows what's going to, who's going to, what's who's going to be here. It's a new Seattle team out there. You know, maybe they get lucky and Seattle takes Andrew Ladd, but that means that they're going to have to give up somebody else too. And hopefully that's not somebody who's like a, a key contributor. Now, finally, Oliver Wallstrom seems to be back in the lineup for a little while, which is great. And he scored a goal in these last two games. It's great. But like, What's he going to be like in the playoffs for the first time? So I don't know. I I, I really don't. And, and you know, these are all real concerns. And and uh, again, like all we can do is wait and hope and pray that these guys turn the corner in the playoffs. Because if they don't, um, again, we're, we're, we will have reason to be very angry. And, you know, we'll have lost a year of our sporting lives you know, on this team that really for the first half of the season was excellent. Like, that's the thing I don't want to forget either. Like, this was a legitimately great team for half this season. They were an analytic darling, as they like to say. They were really doing the things that we've been waiting for them to do. And then just the calendar flipped to April, and they just kind of stopped doing those things. And I just, I don't know. Hopefully they can flip it back in May. I don't, but I mean, so so far they haven't, but hopefully maybe when the playoffs start, they will. I don't know.
0: It's like you said, all we can do is wait. Like, it's, it's there's <laughs> there's three more games to like kind of, sink our teeth into and and overanalyze but other than that it's uh, it's gonna be just like it is has been for the past two years like we'll see uh the capitals or the penguins most likely in round one and yeah. uh like that's to me i i'm not neither of those teams um really like frightens me to the point of being like you know like the lightning did in 2003 and 2004 like even then like i was just like yeah right like there's just you know it's nice that the islanders are in the playoffs but it was nice that they got to play a game on abc they won a game on abc i thought that was the coolest thing ever like the islanders <laughs> on on national tv i thought everybody in the world probably was watching because it was like saturday afternoon at like three and mm. it's on basic table and i thought that was awesome but uh yeah this is a wholly different feel to that like the they like as much as the islanders are wobbling and the, there's still the, the other two, like you. You, I think Simeon Varlamov is just not getting nearly enough credit from Islander fans, which is weird because he's been unbelievable, and it took him yeah. to do what he did the past week to get people to really talk about him more. I think a lot of that has to do with like we get lost in the Sorokin mania too. <laughs> I I definitely do, and and um, but like Varlamov has just been spectacular and. That, like you look at the other teams in this division, you're sure the Bruins have Tuka Rask, but uh, whose goaltending situation kind of stacks up better than the Islanders. And I can't, I think the Islanders have the best one. And mm. they all, I mean, Cody Ceci and Michael Matheson and like are playing for the Penguins. They're not that great. So it's like these other teams do, they're, they're not, we're not playing the Hurricanes or the Lightning or Avalanche or, golden knights in, in round one so like they're as as much as like we we do tend to think the sky is falling and it may be and and gotta be really sad if it is and i missed it and i missed a good chance <laughs> to feel sorry for myself right now but uh, i just hope that you know just because of the break the break coming up and the fact that these the islanders have like i I don't think that the penguins or capitals would be huge favorites Against the Islanders, uh, in terms not just like just in general, like in terms of odds and whatever, like I just don't uh think that this is a uh a lost cause yet, and I I'm hopeful that these next these you know these next couple games like just provide more clarity than anything, um a, a couple wins and, and and couple and everyone staying healthy, like that's <laughs> it. It's, it really does feel kind of like the preseason again, and yeah. Um, it's it's so that's that's what is adding the wrinkle to this whole kind of meltdown and like and I know that that it, things get they get a little hairy and and I was like fit, doing the math in my head for the week leading up to those that Ranger series um about them not being like if they didn't clinch like if you know the scenarios that the Islanders would have to do if they didn't uh to not clinch but like this team has been like you said for the better part of the season has been really really good um, and it could like whether it's fatigue or just like, like you said, it's just kind of these guys are human beings. Like the schedule has mm-hmm. definitely been brutal on them. And the, the think about like Noah Dobson, his first full year as an NHLer was last season and what happened then. And then this year it's the way they had to deal with it. And then he, he has, he had the COVID, um, <laughs> scare. Like he, he you, you, these guys are probably like, just really want to get to the playoffs. Cause it does just yeah. change everything. And, and it will be like, it's just like a lot more fun for them. But, um, but there is, like you said, there is cause for concern because this is what they're doing right now. Like they mm. are playing not great <laughs> since yeah. the trade deadline.
1: And that was that was the other thing I want to mention too before we go to the break is that the other things that I, I took away from Trotz's comments was that he really does believe that this team can beat these other three playoff teams. And I, I really do think that he's not playing for seeding. And I know that doesn't sound right. And I think if, if given the choice, he would obviously love to to finish first in the division. Cause I mean, that that's a real feather in your cap. I mean, this team hasn't finished first in their division in 30 something years, but you know, I, I think he realizes the important thing is a clinching and, you know, kind of getting again, turning that page uh, when the playoffs start. I don't think I'm not saying he wasn't trying to win the division, but I think that, you know, it, it wasn't a priority there. And if, you know, now that they've lost these two games to Buffalo winning the winning the division, ain't going to happen. So, I don't think he's as concerned about home ice advantage as we are given how this team has played on the road. Frankly, I think he should be concerned, but I mean, he knows his team better than I do, I guess. So I think that that plays into it too. Um, And again, if that's the way he feels, well, I'll have to go with it, but I don't particularly like it, (laughs) but what are you going to do? Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about some good Islanders news, which is how this team uh, basically caused the entire implosion of the New York Rangers. Isn't that great? Uh, one thing real quick, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes uh, for a chance to win some eBay swag. And uh, we'll do that in the next in the next half, too. All right. So come back in a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez.
0: And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports,
1: media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen
0: to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, There's awesome stuff happening there all the time. Uh, Kevin has added Baltimore Skipjacks apparel. Uh, If you know about Barry Trotz's history uh, as a coach, you've definitely heard of the Baltimore Skipjacks. Bruce Boudreaux also was an alum. They used to be the Caps uh, farm team for a little while. Uh, They also have... uh, What's the other one I noticed here that was like... Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, The... um, Oh, the Austin Ice Bats. Uh, if you remember the CHL, the old Central Hockey League in the early 2000s, had the Austin Ice Bats. Uh, it's got a great logo. And now you can get one at VintageIceHockey.com. They also have our Al Arbor t-shirts. Uh, and our portion goes to the Center for Dementia Research. So check that out. VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code Lighthouse15. You could save yourself 15%. Uh, okay. So there was a lot of news today that came about out of New York, uh, but not Long Island, out of Manhattan. So just to set the scene, the Islanders played the Capitals a couple of days ago. Uh, scrum broke out near the Rangers goal. Tom Wilson did what Tom Wilson does. And in this case, that means he punched Pavel Buchnevich in the back of the head while Buchnevich was down prone on the ice. That kicked off a whole other scrum. And it ended with, uh, or at least it got to a point where Wilson essentially German suplexed, Artemi Panarin onto the ice without his helmet. Uh Panarin had kind of jumped in to protect Bucnevich and ended up getting himself essentially body slammed in the process. Um and it was it was really kind of ugly, like to be perfectly honest with you. And and Wilson did not look like, you know, he was uh in control of himself at that moment. And afterwards, uh we all kind of figured that he would get suspended or something, probably the last couple of games before the playoffs start. But he did not. He got a five thousand dollar fine which basically was for the roughing penalty, quote unquote, on Buchnevich, which if anybody watched it, that's a joke. That's not roughing. He punched, literally punched a guy in the back of the head while he was down in the ice. Um, this set off a whole other chain of events. Obviously, everybody was like, "What? what is going on here? And the Rangers, at the end of the day, put out a statement saying that they disagreed with the Department of Player Safety's ruling and that George Paros, who's in charge of the Player Safety Department, uh, is incapable of doing a good job. And for a minute there... It seemed like the whole world was united, except for Caps fans, in you know, celebrating the Rangers. Like, hey, man, good for you. Stand up for yourself. That's great. Well, uh, what happened next uh, is a little bit surprising and puts a, a bit of a, a taint on that. So just today, the Rangers announced that they have fired uh, team president John Davidson and general manager Jeff Gorton. And Chris Drury, who was the assistant GM, is now the GM and president. And basically what happened was... This didn't have anything really to do with the whole Wilson thing. Uh, although Gorton and Davidson tried to kind of extricate themselves from that and not take responsibility for it. Apparently what it comes down to is James Dolan was not happy that his team has missed in playoffs four years in a row. It's definitely not happy that his team lost to the rain, the Islanders three times in the last couple of weeks, four of which by shutout this season and decided his team wasn't on the right track. They didn't have enough toughness and leadership and, uh, just fired these two dudes that you know had for basically the team on the right track to everybody else, but James Dolan. Um, and so it's been a wild day. And uh, as Bonks Mullet pull it on, put it on Twitter, one of the best Twitter follows out there. If, you, if you're not already following Bonks Mullet, you should. He said, "This must be an amazing time to be an Islanders fan," and he's right. It is <laughs> because this is insane. Like it's crazy to think that a bunch of losses and another failed playoff basically caused. The Rangers to fire their front office, the team that put together honestly what seems like it's going to be a pretty good team in a couple of years. So, uh, you, uh, you were asleep, you said, right? You took a nap and you woke up and found a whole bunch of messages that you couldn't believe were real, but they're real. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I was, I was kind of just knocked on my ass from the uh, my second shot, and yeah, I was in such a daze and try, just c- c- catching up on all that happened, and uh, I didn't think that I thought the Larry Brooks tweet was just a fake burner account or something and <laughs> then like you just this is what i was kind of talking about before the person like keeping things in perspective a little bit which you, you we is kind of not the point of this podcast but uh when you do look across town and see this going on you can't i mean you can't help but just be thrilled <laughs> like <laughs> part of being a fan of a team like the islanders is uh the, these rivalries kind of mean. I've I have Ranger fan friends who think that I hate the Rangers more than uh I love the Islanders, and people have told me that about the Leafs too. Now, and I kind of wear that as a point of pride. Like I, I more than anything, I I don't know if it's true, honestly, but it gives you like a, an emotional interest in not just your team, but like it it does like it adds more layers to your fandom and like it's like your relationship to to. To the sport that we love for some reason, um, <laughs> because it really tries very hard to make you not like it, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, go. Let's, I guess we'll go back to the, the Tom Wilson thing, like, he is just, I mean, we, I, we, we can't, I guess, we can't say anything that's different from anyone else, but the, the thing that was so weird about that whole uh situation is nobody was really everyone everyone when when it's tom wilson like everyone on hockey twitter needs to make a stand take like a stand and and say like you know can say like uh to condemn tom wilson if you don't do it maybe you're you're not a, a good you're not a part of the good guys or something uh and it's it's almost like that conversation that happens on twitter once every six weeks which on. uh, uh whether you should take an unpaid internship or not. It's just like every couple of weeks, this, this conversation happens and everyone gets into a big fight over it. And it's same with thing, Tom Wilson. It's just insufferable. It's very exhausting. Um, and you just know that at the end of, uh, the whole exercise, everyone's going to be disappointed because whether Tom, if Tom Wilson got 15 games, uh, People be like that's great but he should have been suspended for the rest of the season and playoffs <laughs> and uh whether he and then he got zero games and everyone freaked out and uh rightly so I mean look nobody likes watching Rangers get punched in the head more than our face more than us like like but what he did was so wildly out of line uh I don't think I've seen that kind of stuff in a long time uh I I guess the league has kind of done a decent job at cleaning it up. You got to say, um, because like, it, it's pretty rare to see that kind of incident. And then to follow it up with the thing with Panarin, mm. um, it's just like, like, it's just so otherworldly bad. Um, and then, I, I just you – know, my expectations were low to begin with because I was like, well, the Islanders might play the Capitals in round one and I don't, I don't want to get my hope, hopes up that Tom Wilson will be suspended for the whole series. Uh, and I was right because George Paros, like the NHL's – I love that the NHL's strategy with player safety is uh just have former goons play <laughs> – or form, you know tough guys like they've got what Pronger paros like i'm sure like who's who's gonna be next like brendan stefan quintal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quintal yeah I, I, who who knows who's gonna be next it's, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be like eric goddard or something um but mm. like I, I just don't understand how a guy how like they could like even if george paros thought that was like part of the game like oh it's like that stuff happens all the time how can you not have like the self-awareness be like, well, we just had to suspend this guy for seven games for doing something bad. Um, I guess, you know, the whole point of suspending someone is so they learned their lesson. Um, And he obviously didn't. So uh, that, that bewildered me uh, Hmm. more than anything. And it does come out as like a kind of a bad outcome for the Islanders because like, this is going to be, he's going to, it's going to be a circus around Tom Wilson now for the playoffs and that's going to be annoying uh and obviously we we will never forgive nor forget what he did with uh Lubomir Vesnasky like mm. th- we've seen firsthand like how that guy can just completely wreck a season by doing stupid stuff and and it gets on un- goes unpunished but um yeah i mean it's just that that was just, it was shockingly unshocking i guess <laughs> is the best way to put it
1: um breaking news by the way so the rematch of the yeah. Caps and Rangers from Tuesday night is right now. And, uh, there were four, five fights in the first four minutes of that game. And so you talk about kind of, you know, the NHL had done a good job of like getting line brawls out of here. Like we didn't see this kind of stuff. But this is why, you know, the fight night against the Penguins is such a remarkable and memorable game in Islanders fan history, because you don't see those kinds of things that often anymore. Like the one before that was, I remember big penguins, uh, uh, not penguins, uh, senators flyers brawl a few, a few years earlier than that. So now we've got another one of these. And so now the, t- the NHL is going to have to answer for this and be like, how did this happen? Well, somebody tried to punch a dude in the back of the head and body slam another guy and we didn't suspend him. Like, there's a lot of things that get to this point. And I, I agree with, you. like you said, a lot of, a lot of the outrage is, is somewhat performative, uh, when you get to out there. But I mean, at the end of the day, people don't want to see Tom Wilson hurt their favorite players. <laughs> like that's, that's really what we all feel alike. You know, we've seen it. Like you said, we are never going to forget what that guy did to Lubomir Vyskovsky in the playoffs. Like we're not going to forget. We're not going to forget Thomas Hickey being the guy to fight him. And like, you know, to, we're not going to forget the, the, all the battles that they've had with this guy. And, like we just don't want to see that anymore. And then, and Sean Gentilly had a good article in the Athletic about how the the thing about Wilson is he's learned how to play on w- without crossing the line for the most part until <laughs> Tuesday night. Like he's learned how to play on that edge so that he doesn't get suspended. He went two years or whatever without getting suspended, and he's learned to. And to be quite blunt, I think the guy who taught him how to play like that and still be effective is the guy who's coaching the Islanders right now. Like we can't forget that either. Peter Laviolette is coaching the caps right now. And if you know, he's got a tie to this team too. And, and he's had his battles with Barry Trotz too. So like there's so many layers to this, but really at the end of the day, like nobody wants to see their dudes get hurt. Like, yeah, we all want toughness. And I mean, nobody loves Matt Martin more than us. Right. But like, this is a guy who has become so much more than just a, a puncher. Like he's a, he's a, a valuable part of, of this team. He, he you know, he does a, a, He provides his team with a service and a talent that not a lot of other teams have. And that's, you know, part of one of the failings of this Islanders team has been that like the fir- fourth line hasn't really been as effective as they have been in the past, but man, Matt Martin had five goals last year in a playoff run that took him to the Eastern conference finals. Like that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's just great. He wasn't out there punching faces. He doesn't have to, he's at, he hits they're clean. And then he, he cycles and he, he four checks and maybe even once in a while can pot a goal. Like, that's crazy and that's awesome. And that's the kind of person that Tom Wilson should really be trying to do. And he could be even better than Matt Martin because he's got more skill, quite frankly, than Matt Martin does. But he's out here and every couple of weeks he just does something so completely stupid that you just can't – you just want to launch him into a rocket and shoot him into the sun. Like, enough already. And you can't convince me. Capitals fans – I don't know, man. I think <laughs> – 40 years without a cup really twisted a lot of brains out there there's their their reaction to Barry Trotz now is just so smug and snarky it really really makes my stomach turn I mean you'd think they'd have a little bit more respect for the guy who led them to their only cup but like their reactionary reactions to any any criticism of Tom Wilson also makes my stuff like come on dude like you got to know that this is wrong like you got to be tired of this you got to be sick of this guy doing these things and and making him come off the ice. Like you can't want this stuff anymore, but they're at, they got to, they got to protect their guy and the NHL feels like they got to protect their guy too. And like, we saw them, uh, you know, try and stop the fights last time. They wouldn't let him. you know, Ross Johnson getting even, they threw them off, threw them off the ice. Um, and so it, it's, I don't know. It's just, it is exhausting and like, we shouldn't have to talk about this stuff, but it wouldn't be the hockey without some huge, obstacle preventing it from being more widely accepted (laughs) as a major sport uh we're gonna talk in a few minutes about the tnt deal i think too we should probably wrap up with that but it is exhausting and i'm I'm tired of just talking about it so it's it's you
0: know it's a problem when you watch other sports shows and this is never you know a, a 30 minute topic on every night or every podcast you listen to um it's weird. Like, I, like I've been getting into Australian rules football and um, <laughs> I watched this show that it's like a, a weekly kind of like ESPN-y kind of show, but it's good. And uh, it's very kind of good for like for, like a new fan to like get into like the culture, like you kind of learn a little bit more. Um, and I started to realize a couple of days ago, this is pre-Tom Wilson, that they talk about, um, you know, late hits and maybe high hits and stuff and different suspensions. And uh, what I love about it is that they, their department of player safety is called the tribunal. So they'll say like, (laughs) Gary Ablett has a, a meeting with the tribunal today and they'll try to figure out how many games he deserves and stuff. And, and they, they do talk about it. I'm like, this is very similar to the hockey and it's not a, Something that I thoroughly enjoy, but uh, it's just it was it just struck me I'm like, oh, it's the only other sport I, I've s- somehow found the other only other sport in the world that covers suspensions like this, um, uh, on a regular basis and with the uh, magnifying glass out detail seeking that we do here in the NHL. But it, I mean, it just the it's been such a strange season for the Rangers, and like you, I I've always said, like. One of my the, my favorite days of the year every year is when the Rangers are officially eliminated from the playoffs or don't can't clinch and um that's not changed like I was cause, especially because the Islanders were basically the team that did it uh this year so that was great and then all of a sudden like this this week kind of just dropped on you uh and I it like I wasn't sympathizing for the Rangers but like what happened after the Wilson thing like you I was you know just so kind of taken aback by it and then uh that I I found myself worried I'm like wait a minute like am I going soft on the rangers and then today uh with the <laughs> Larry Brooks report like I was just as as happy as I've been all, maybe all season like this I don't think you can understate how great it is that the rangers according to a report from Larry Brooks like James Dolan the thing that was the tipping point for firing john davidson beloved john davidson who was at msg working for james dolan don't forget yeah. like and people loved him just as much then as they did uh when he was running the team uh and john davidson who has an incredible track record of rebuilding teams and getting them to like their pinnacle uh he's done it with the blues and blue jackets now like he's helped he kind of got them both started and then he was basically on his way to doing it again mm. and the thing that possibly ruins this very promising for them very scary for us rebuild is Lou Lamarillo's Islanders <laughs> like <laughs> that, that just come in and play hockey in a uh you know I guess old school is the best way to put it but uh old old school for this new school I guess I, I they, the Islanders play a heavy game and James Dolan I think saw the Islanders bully the Rangers a little bit the past couple games and that was it like that it, there's no There's gonna be no Stanley. There's no parade for that. But if there was one, I would be there. Like I would uh, totally love to be at a a parade down Hempstead Turnpike for what happened today to the Rangers. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, it'd probably be alone, and that's the exact (laughs) opposite of a parade. But um, it's just like it's that's it's an incredible accomplishment. Of it's like raise a banner for it. Like there's a lot. There's (laughs) like this is a great thing that the Islanders did in a very weird way um and i you when you when you see a team like the rangers uh make a decision that is universally panned um (laughs) it's great like it's just wonderful and uh just i'm looking forward to them signing you know goons like for the rest you know beefing up that bottom six with like tanner glass types again
1: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say from from the statements that have been put out by james dolan Uh, It certainly sounds like he wants to see more toughness. Of course, Mark Messier of the Mark who you may know from such awards as the Mark Messier Bridgestone leadership award uh, was on the Michael K show today talking about how he would not have built this team this way without enough toughness. So, okay, Moose, sure. Whatever you say, but um, you know, it certainly sounds like they want to add an, an infusion of toughness and uh, you Know Milan Lucic is out there and he's willing to waive his no trade clause <laughs> to be potentially picked up in the expansion draft. Uh, so I'm uh, just going to throw that out there, but um, you know, it, 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 Lucic and Ronaldo, keep, keep them together, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, by the way, I mean, you know, Matt Martin could have signed there this summer, but of course, he didn't. I mean, Matt Martin's no dummy, like, he's not, he knows what happens if he signs with the Rangers, but uh, he, he's ours, but again, he's a different kind of player now, but um, you know, I part of me is worried of course i mean i'm always worried but like part of me is worried that you know it's going to be even more irritating now if chris drury helps the rangers find glory than if it was you know jeff Gordon and john davidson like whatever who cares but uh you know it's going to be even more annoying if it ends up being chris drury um but you know if dolan is here telling him to go out and find a bunch of stone-handed cavemen you know, it might not work out too poorly for the Islanders. So, so we'll have to see how that goes. But boy, I mean, I, I, just, I never thought that this would happen. And, you know, people got on the, on the penguins case a couple of years ago because Wilson had, um, you know, roughed them up in the playoffs. They tried to add Ryan Reeves. Remember when they traded a first round pick for Ryan Reeves. You know, that was a, that was literally in, in reaction to what Wilson had done in the playoffs the previous year. And Will Reeves didn't stay too long. The Penguins eventually were like, this is stupid. Forget this. And then went, went on to win two Stanley Cups. So, um, you know, it, this is what Tom Wilson does is he just makes people's brains go haywire. And the phrase rent free, I feel like should be stricken from the record. But <laughs> something about this guy just, you know, and again, the Rangers thing really isn't about Tom Wilson. It's really more about the Islanders thing but you know as they're fighting right now as the conversation turns to why are there not enough goons why don't they play more like the Islanders why is there not enough toughness it's all kind of part and parcel the same thing and in any event what it means is that the Rangers are in upheaval right now uh and while the Islanders are also in a bit of upheaval they're in upheaval on their way to the playoffs so I guess gets back to what you were saying before about how you know, really, it could be a lot worse, <laughs> and and we really should yeah. be thankful for what we do have. You know,
0: yeah, I think, and it's you don't realize until you have you live under it, like what a, a, a batshit owner can really do, like to your franchise. And obviously, the Islanders have had their fair share of them, and they're they're basically they finally have dug out from from that and that's what i'm talking 25 years of <laughs> what what bad ownership can do to a franchise and um obviously bad ownership is an understatement when you have somebody with no money becoming the owner right. of the team. but um the uh, th- uh this is something that is it's almost encouraging from our standpoint uh that james dolan can't be fired like <laughs> and as cynical and spiteful as that is like that's like the point of being a fan is you hate your rivals, and um, so having having a bad actor as as the your rivals owner it will never get old. This this <laughs> it will never ever get old to me. Oh, and um, or in this
1: case, a bad musician.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I just I like you said, like there is like a little bit of I am a little worried about the um, you know Chris Jury being Kyle Dubas you know 2.0 <laughs> where everyone just like lauding everything he does or whatever or the rangers you know I mean but at the same time like <laughs> he's walking into a very like pretty easy situation so the fact that they're changing something makes me more encouraged that they're giving him march- marching orders like no you need to make sure that they that this that we scrap the plan of having really good players and maybe get some really bad ones who (laughs) who can hit, uh, which is good. But it's the same thing like uh, in last year in my celebrating when the Rangers got eliminated, uh, like the first thing someone said to me was like, yeah, you're not going to be laughing so hard when we win the draft lottery. And they were right. And (laughs) I'm sure that they'll do it again this year uh, (laughs) and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll win the lottery and whatever, or, or some, Random stud will be like, um, you know, I don't want to play. Jacob Chitrin or something will be like, I want to play for the Rangers now. And they'll lock it to something like that. But uh, for right now, you just got to live in the moment. And for (laughs) James Dolan is quite possibly just the easiest rebuild of all time, by the way. The easiest rebuild ever, maybe outside of the Penguins getting Crosby and Malkin, is now in Jeopardy. Which, like, yes, that wasn't the case yesterday. So,
1: Mm. God, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, that's the other thing too. Is like, I'm not saying Jeff Gordon didn't do a good job, but he won two lotteries, signed one of the biggest free agent contracts ever, and had a Norris Trophy defenseman screw over not one but two teams in order to facilitate a trade to the Rangers. So, you know, let's let's ease up on the the, the, the building of the rebuilding of the Rangers here. Like there's a lot of luck involved yeah. too. I mean, it's, it's more, it's more, it's more about just the fact that
0: um, he's completely upset the apple cart more than anything. Like, like you said, like Jeff Gordon, we've said it on this podcast a lot. Like I could, we could have run that team with the way the, <laughs> what the windfalls that they've caught. Um, but it's the fact that like they're, they've over, they're heaving, like over, overhauling this, front office that looked like it was a stable there was a plan in place and now who knows so uh that's
1: that's good that's just good
0: news that's there's yeah. no other way to put it <laughs> it's just good news
1: definitely definitely so uh be definitely uh interesting to follow so there you go um uh, on that on a very strange note uh that, but it's also kind of related uh so i've been listening to a podcast at the athletic called shattered which is about how the knicks went from being a title contender in the '90s to. A uh in the 2000s, although well, they've been pretty good this year, so good on them. And uh, a lot of the common theme in there is that James Dolan is the guy who's made a lot of that uh, shattering happen. So if you uh, can't get enough of this story, definitely check out Shattered at The Athletic because it's great. Uh, and it's as narrated by Chuck D, Long Island native. Adelphi University uh, alum and greatest one of the greatest rappers of all time, Chuck D. He's got a great voice, so uh, check it out. Um, also, there's a, a new Talking Isles this week with um, Sean Bates. I don't know if you've listened to that yet. I, I haven't. I have not, so I will check it out eventually because he talks about that return and that big bump that uh, we talked wow. about. <laughs> yeah, I got I to listen to that. Yeah, I know. I got to check it that. Um, okay, um, r- real real quick. It's it happened like the day after we recorded the last episode, but. Uh, The NHL has made a a pact with TNT, uh, Turner, uh, TBS also to uh, to broadcast games next year as the B package came out as a a bit of a surprise. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because it'll be something different. I mean, I don't you know, we don't need to get too far into it and we don't really know anything, but it's going to be ESPN and it's going to be TNT. Uh, It's going to mean a lot of new eyeballs uh, watching this sport. Uh, that would normally have not because, again, as we've talked about, unless you're a hockey fan or a soccer fan, you were never watching NBCSN. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, uh, what, what, what did what did you think of that whole thing? I mean, it. Should, I, I, you're 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 not as big. I don't really watch the NBA that much at all, except in the playoffs a little bit. Um, I'm hoping for an NBA inside the NBA style uh, show that is more fun. But I don't know if hockey is capable of doing that. But hopefully. We got some fun stuff in there, but, uh, I mean, what, what did you think of that whole thing? It, it seems pretty cool, but I don't
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, have relatively high hopes for it, I guess, compared to like, I, I I'm assuming it's going to be, their coverage will be better than ESPNs, uh, <laughs> cause I have pretty low expectations there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that, that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that unless the Islanders win the Stanley Cup, they they won't we won't really be seeing them much on TNT or ESPN. So uh you know, get ready for a lot of Seattle Kraken versus uh uh Vegas Golden Knights coverage at the ten at the ten o'clock. You know, it'll be Blackhawks versus Red Wings at seven, and then <laughs> Golden Knights, Kraken at ten. Yeah, on TMZ. I, I have
1: a feeling ESPN is going to be a lot of Rangers, Flyers games. Like they oh, yeah. just put it that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so there you go. So yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, okay. Um, so we have uh, we're going to choose our next winner of our eBay swag. Again, uh, we are only doing this for one more month. So this is the last month that you can do this. You can leave us a review at iTunes. Put your Twitter handle right in the review and you get a chance to win some ebay swag uh we're gonna have a picture of the latest the latest ebay swag uh posted to uh the um the article for this so take take a look at that we've had a toothbrush uh and now we have a new thing right and then there's a third thing right we haven't really gotten to that one yet have we
0: yeah there's one winner out there who's still mikey calarco we, I see he's still got it mikey touch. what's going on buddy Yeah, he's gotta you gotta, get you gotta reach out to mike but yeah we had a uh A wooden stick that was like a promotional giveaway with like a the Wise chips was uh, the sponsor, and so it was like a Islanders wooden stick with the Wise logo, which is cool. That little owl, very cool. Um, Yes, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what uh, what May brings.
1: Yeah. So this will be the last month. So make sure you, you know, even if the Islanders go on a Stanley Cup final, this is it. So make sure you get them in now. We really, really appreciate all the the uh, reviews we've gotten. We're up over 200 now. That's awesome. I think we started with like less than 100. <laughs> so we've, we've gotten a lot, which is great. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate it. OK, so I have the names here. I have my random number generator here. We have six names. I'm going to click the button and whichever number we get uh, will be our winner. OK, here we go. Spin the wheel. The number is four, which means the winner is Intergalactic Hero. Congratulations at Intergalactic Hero. you've just won some eBay swag, please contact Mike as soon as you hear this. And uh, you can just DM him on Twitter. And uh, you can uh, check out some eBay swag. And then we expect a picture. So make sure you send it to us when you get it. Thanks again to everybody else. Really appreciate it. Um, where can Intergalactic Hero and anybody else find you on Twitter? The
0: Big Leap Basket with two E's
1: big league basket with two E's check out Mike there, read his work at action network, read lighthouse hockey every single day. This has been a very long episode. <laughs> we've had a lot to cover. We've, uh, we've taken turns on the soapbox here. There's been a lot to, uh, to pontificate about. Uh, but the next time we speak, will be probably before the Islanders start the playoffs. So, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about then too. We'll know who their opponent is. And, uh, we'll, uh, I don't know. Hopefully they'll they'll have picked up some more wins and look a lot better uh, or they will have not and will be even more worried. So uh, we'll come back to you next week and uh, we'll talk about the playoffs and uh, hopefully the it, it, it uh, uh, previews a very long run in the playoffs again for the others. But thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you then. All right. Bye bye. Carnival, this is a ride you get to take for free. It's just begun, it's so much fun, so jump aboard and you will see.